Good morning. Welcome to church. It's great to have you here again with us this Sunday morning and a special welcome if it's your first time with us um, online. Great to have you watching from your home and uh, we hope you really enjoy your time with us this morning. I want to give a shout out to Neil and Emily Hemwood. They celebrated the, the birth of their first uh, child last weekend and welcomed Finn Malachi into the world. And so um, he is doing really well, so is Em, and uh, we send our congratulations and love and prayers to your new family, and um, yeah, really excited for you guys, and can't wait to, to see him in person in the not-too-distant future. I want to make you aware that we're also um, launching a church directory, and we have done that through the week. You might have noticed uh, an email come into your inbox. Um, if you didn't get an email inviting you to the church directory, maybe check your spam or junk folder, or let us know. You might have missed, um, been missed off the list for some reason or another, and uh, this is a great opportunity, following on, especially from Lauren's message last week, of, of staying connected through this time. Um, we're really excited to be able to to launch this to enable people to connect together. Uh, you get to choose what details of yours are in the directory, whether it's your phone, whether it's your address, um, whether it's your email, or all of those things. Um, upload a photo so that we can see, put a name to a face, those sorts of things. Uh, it's really uh, a great way for us to stay connected through this time, to um, yeah, really love on each other, encourage each other, um, and stay connected. So can I encourage you to to look out for that email, find it, um, or let us know if you didn't get it, and uh, that'll be a great way for us to, to stay connected at the moment. Hey, we're in the middle of a series, well, actually, we're at the end of a series. This is the third week, third and final week um, of a series called Fresh Steps. Um, you might know from being in church, if you've been in the building before, that we have a Next Steps card, and we've talked about Next Steps throughout the, the last couple of years, and we have these three steps towards God, towards church and towards mission. And we really believe that, you know, in our walk of faith, we should be constantly taking steps in these three directions. Our relationship and connectedness with God, our relationship and connectedness with each other, and our, our relationship and connectedness with the lost and those that need to hear the gospel. And so this morning I want to share on the last one of those, the, the towards mission. Um, and we've called it Fresh Steps because really in this season we haven't been able to do the steps in the way we might have in the past. You know, we haven't been able to worship um, in a building with other people. We haven't been able to attend uh, an event where we connect with other people. And likewise, we haven't had events to invite our non-Christian friends to. And I really think it's a great thing that, um, that we are learning or relearning how to connect with God, how to connect with each other, and how to go on mission and how to reach the lost in our own ways, in our own lives without something or an event to facilitate it for us. I really think God is stirring us to, to take some fresh steps in these areas. And God is not restricted. He's under no limitations at the moment. He's not taking a holiday or a break. He hasn't hit pause on the church and the mission of the church. Uh, he is just as active as he's ever been. And um, I'm really excited for what God is doing through this time, the people that are being reached, the 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 ways that people are connecting with each other in new and um, exciting ways. So let me read uh, this morning's scripture too, and then we'll jump in and see what God wants to speak to us about. You'll know this one really well. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. The 11 disciples travelled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, 
but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you this morning that we are your children, that we are called, we are loved by you. And this morning, God, we pray that as we um, encounter your word, as we think about what you've told us to do and the commands you've given us, God, that we might embrace them. We might um, exercise our faith in a way that we haven't before. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to listen to it clearly this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, one of the things that I have not enjoyed about this pandemic has been the sense of being stuck where I am. Um, not being allowed to go outside your home for, for many reasons, not being able to travel to other towns or uh, interstate or overseas. Not that I had planned to go anywhere in particular, but just the knowing that you're not allowed to or you're not supposed to and it's, it's hard to do so in the current climate makes you feel somewhat squashed in, makes you feel like you're stuck in a way. You know, and I was, as I was thinking about this um, Great Commission and this idea of being stuck, uh, I think it's uh, for some of us, and I including myself in this, it's how we live our Christian life too not going anywhere, not taking the message and not um, travelling with the, the hope of the gospel beyond ourselves. But here Jesus gives us a really clear command to go, to leave our current situation, to leave our comforts, to leave what we know and to go with him, to go into the unknown. You know, this first part of the command um, is perhaps the, the scariest part to go, to leave what you know, to leave your comfort zone, to leave your earthly securities and go. It echoes the words that Jesus told his disciples in Luke 14, 26, where he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. For the disciples that heard this, um, this command to go, um, Maybe it wasn't as, as hard for them because um, on hearing this command, they have already left. They've already left the comfortable. They've already left the known. They've left their professions. They've left their families. They've left their towns. They've left their predictable lives to follow Jesus. So I can imagine this command is not necessarily the scary part for them. But for us, myself included, we cling to our comforts and securities. And sometimes we are scared to embrace the unpredictability of following Jesus, to go where he tells us to go. But this is the heart of the command. It isn't to wait for people to ask you about your faith. It isn't for people to, or is it for us to just simply wait for people to turn up at the door, but rather it is to go. It's this proactive sense. It's not a reactive command. There is some sort of urgency behind this command to go. And then Jesus says, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. He doesn't say go and tell people about Jesus. He says, no, go and make disciples. Leave everything behind and make disciples. Jesus loving followers. 
And Jesus is saying to his disciples here, just like I've transformed your lives into Jesus' followers, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to walk with people and transform their lives into Jesus' followers. Make them disciples. And really, this is the main part of the command, to make disciples. In fact, if you were to really study this in the Greek, you would see that the disciple is the main command. It's like disciple and then the the go and the teach and the command, or sorry, the go, the teach and the baptise, are the the follow-up commands. One commands and then three details to the command. We might, you know, say something similar along the lines of, I want you to clean the house, vacuum, mop, do the dishes. There's one main command, which is clean the house, and then there's three details to the command. And here in the same way, disciple or make disciples is the main thing that we're doing, and then we're told how to do that, or the details of it, by going, by teaching, and by baptising. And when we hear this command to go and make disciples... I don't know about you, but for me, it's a, it's a challenge because in some respects we have this, well, no one did it with me. I didn't have someone really walk alongside and explain scripture and check in on me and, and do all these things. We sort of have grown up in a church and a culture where, for the most part, I mean, there's people that have done this, but for the most part, we've sort of been left to figure this out for ourselves. And we've sort of discipled ourselves in a, in a lot of ways. No one did it with me. And we've not seen a great model of it. Uh, most of us didn't have someone disciple us. We didn't have someone teaching us or showing us. And so this seems a bit foreign or hard to do. It seems like, well, the church just did. I just went to church. I went to these different courses and I was discipled through the, the programs that I went to. And that's not a, a bad thing and that's not a bad way to go. But I think there's, there's an onus on us as as believers and followers of Jesus, to do this with people one-on-one, to do this with those that we know, that those that we walk alongside, to go and make disciples. Jesus goes on, go make disciples of all nations, not just those you know, but of everyone. And this gives this go part of the command a bit more context. It specifies where we are to go, everywhere. It's not just about your friends. It's not just about your family. This is about the person that you don't even know. This is about the person you don't care about, that your life doesn't even intersect with. Be proactive about going to them too. Can you imagine the disciples hearing this, 11 of them at this point in the ministry? Jesus says, go and make disciples of the entire world. Now, we might get overwhelmed at the thought of making one disciple of one person, that we know, let alone the entire population of the earth. And you could imagine the disciples maybe talking about it afterwards amongst themselves. All right, Peter, James, maybe we'll, we'll go to Asia, Andrew, Matthew, maybe you guys go to Africa. You know, we'll, we'll divvy up the world and we'll, we'll make this happen. How crazy. Imagine Jesus is here today, sitting here and saying to us, the hundred or, or so of us that are watching this morning and saying, You are the grand plan for this earth. You need to go and make disciples of the entire world. I think for some of us, we've heard this passage, we've heard this verse so many times in our church upbringing and we thought, well, that's for missionaries. That's for people that are called to overseas mission work. And I'm not called to that, so this verse doesn't apply to me. 
But I think when you understand that Jesus is speaking to all of us, we are all called to be a part of this mission together. When we hear the word mission, it's not just about overseas. It is for every believer. We are all missionaries. We are all sent on the mission of reaching the lost, of telling people of the gospel and the good news of Jesus. We are called to make disciples of all nations, not just our neighbours, but definitely including our neighbours. You know, one of the things that um, I've learnt through this season over these last few months has really been how we can connect with our actual neighbours. Um, I know for, for us that has been one of the things that we have loved and, and learnt and, and God has opened the door to, to conversations and opportunities for us to even invite our neighbours to church online. And they've come and they've watched and we've talked about it afterwards. And, you know, otherwise... Uh, that would never, not have happened. You know, the idea of our neighbours coming to church with us would not have happened. Um, very clear about that. But the, the fact that we are online and that God is at work in the midst of this season has given us opportunities to, to reach people that maybe we wouldn't have been able to reach before. And I want to encourage you in the same way that there is an opportunity at the moment for you to, to reach out to people to share the good news uh, with people in a way that maybe is less threatening than ever before. And it gives people an opportunity to, to say yes and to say, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go, even with our online alpha that's starting tonight. It's an amazing opportunity for us to reach those that don't yet know Jesus with the gospel. And it's such a simple idea that we could send a link, that we could send an invitation and say, hey, have you thought about doing this? There's no threat to it. Uh, and it's easy for them to do. They don't have to leave their home. And so I want to encourage you, even this morning as you're listening to me, if God is stirring something in your heart about reaching those who don't yet know Jesus and you're, you've been thinking, I really should invite that person. I really should have told that person about it. It's not too late. Why don't you do it right now? Turn this off. That's more important. Go and reach someone with the gospel. Reach those that you can during this time. You know, we might not be able to go overseas and reach all the nations physically, but we can still reach people. There are still people that are in our life, that are in our sphere of influence, that we can talk to, that we do bump into. And I want to encourage you to use every and each opportunity to reach those that you see. So Jesus goes and he says, I want you to go, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptising them. You know, this idea that this is a public thing. It's not just behind closed doors. Be prepared to be killed for this. You know, this is, I think, what the disciples maybe heard in this statement is that um, this is not, I, want, I don't want you to do this in a secretive way. I want you to go and, you know, baptise people. I want you to get in front of people and, and so that everyone can see that they are a follower of Jesus now. Now, in some countries, this will literally get you killed. And in Australia, we are... Um, you know, in a very blessed situation where we are not um, under the same sort of threat. The disciples that heard this would all later go on, maybe except John, to be martyrs for their faith. You know, in Australia, we don't have to worry about uh, the fear of death. But as time goes on, more and more persecution is coming for our faith. I really believe that it is, and I think that we've seen that over the last number of years. It's not as acceptable to preach about Jesus. It's not as acceptable to have these beliefs that we do and this, um, the commands that we adhere to. And we don't know what the future will bring in that regard, but I think for one thing it, it, it encourages me that 
that as we go through this, as we face more persecution, albeit still not very much at all, but the more we face, the more it sharpens our faith. We can't just say one thing and live another way. It forces us to say, well, this is what I'm going to believe and this is how I'm going to live. I think the times that we're heading into are going to be good for the church because no longer we'll be able to, we will be able to be mediocre in our faith. More and more there's going to be a gap between what we believe and practice as Christians and what is acceptable by the culture around us. So baptising and then it says teaching them to obey. And I mean, this is tricky. Teaching someone to know something is one thing and that's hard enough, but teaching someone to obey something, that's really hard. And I mean, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I struggle to do it with those two. And I see them all the time, teaching them to obey is a struggle with them. How am I supposed to teach someone else to obey? And then not only teach them to obey, but teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Not just the general gist, not just the main things, but everything I've commanded. All of it, all encompassing, teaching them. And I can't even do that for myself. I can't even teach myself to obey everything. And I think it's at this point, hopefully we hear the heart of this command, that it is setting a bar extremely high. That um, there's a sense in which this is not achievable. This is not um, humanly possible to go, to make disciples of the entire world, to baptise and teach them to obey everything that he has commanded. That is a bar too high. And I think it points to the heart of the gospel. Just like the first um, two great commandments that we saw of love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbour as yourself. These point to the heart of the gospel that you can't, that I can't, but he can. Jesus purposely sets these bars so high so that we're forced to rely on him. He doesn't set these commands in the hope that we'll go, all right, I can do it. I've just got to grit my teeth and try harder and give it my best and we can do this. No one's done it before, but I reckon I'd be the first person to do it. No, it points to the heart of the gospel that we can't, he can. Just like our salvation, we can't, but he can. Jesus doesn't give this command in the hope that you'll think, all right, this seems realistic. I think I can do that. He wants us to see that we need him. Matthew 19, verse 25 to 26. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked then, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This Great Commission is literally mission impossible, just like loving God with all your heart is, just like loving others as yourself is. Jesus sets us up to fail if we try by ourselves because he wants us to completely rely on him. The heart behind all these next steps, these fresh steps, is that we would trust God more and ourselves less, that we can't get closer to where God wants us to be without him. Only with him we can. And that's why this Great Commission is sandwiched between this incredible promise of power and presence, of power and presence. So when Jesus gives this Great Commission, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. It's a great promise of power that Jesus has the authority. This is the first truth we need to believe and lean into, that God is actually in charge. You know, one thing I love about watching sports and 
at the moment it's um, it's harder to watch sports, although it's great having um, footy on every night of the week. Hard to keep track of where we're up to. Um, is a spectators and. and even more so, I, I think of those that are sitting in lounge rooms watching that are normally in the in the cheer squads at a footy game, yelling at the umpires, telling them what they got wrong or what they got right, um, saying where did you get your, your your whistle from and and how did you get an um how can you umpire and you you missed that that was a high tackle that was a free kick that that wasn't a free kick all these sorts of statements that you know spectators can always see more than the umpires can and are always right. Always impartial. I mean, and it's funny because the umpires, one, can't obviously hear these comments, especially the ones that are from the couches in lounge rooms. And yet there's thousands of people yelling at stuff. And even if the umpires somehow could hear uh, all these comments being yelled towards them, um, they're the ones in charge, not the spectators. They're the ones that decide, regardless of the comments made towards them, of who gets the free kick and who doesn't. Even when in the players on the field yell back to the umpire, you see this. Uh, the, the umpire just sort of shakes their head or says, no, that's the decision I've made. I'm in charge, you're not. Nothing you say to me can change what I've just decided. I'm in charge. And I love that picture because God is in charge. And when he says something, he says something. And nothing we say, nothing we do can revoke his decision, can revoke his authority. It is in no way determined by us. When he says this, that's what happens. He has authority, not because we allow him to or because that, even that we believe that about him. It's just because he has it. He is God. And Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. He isn't asking us for do, to do anything with his authority. He's just asking us for us to give him authority. He's giving us the context for the command. I'm the umpire. Here is what I want you to do. Go. So we go because he is in charge. And two, because we go because he is God over every nation, every person. He changes the cold, dead heart of an unbeliever to a beating, living heart. He does, not you. He takes the dead to being raised in Christ. He takes the sinner to saved. He gives us this promise of power and then he gives us this promise of presence at the end. Um, where he says, surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. If the opening statement from Jesus is the context of the command, the ending of the statement is this great promise, surely I'm with you. Again, it's not really a question of if, it's more of a statement of reality. God is there at work. When you see it and when you don't. When you feel it, when you don't feel it. When you believe it, when you don't. God is there at work. He is with you. Don't look at the great commission of going and making disciples without these promises like it's something that we could actually achieve we'll either fill ourselves up with bitter disappointment when we fail or we'll be scared off even trying if we don't lean into these promises look at the promises of Jesus the authority of Jesus and take a step in faith towards this mission that Jesus has given us the mission that Jesus already put his body on the line for and won the mission where the enemy has already been destroyed and so while we have Alpha starting tonight, we don't have lots of events and things to invite people to at the moment. But I believe God is stirring something in us. And I pray that you would ask him, God, how can I take a fresh step towards mission? How can I reach those that I'm interacting with, with the gospel? What does it look like for me in this season, at this time? 
Because we don't just get off the hook because of a pandemic. There's no clause written on that Great Commission. In case of a pandemic, please ignore previous instructions. There's no clauses on this Great Commission. He's not taking a break. He's not under any restrictions. He's not taking a break from redeeming and rescuing, and neither are we. That is the heart of this church. That is the heart of a follower of Jesus. And so we can find ourselves sitting around and getting a sad about the present situation, and there's plenty of reasons to do that. Or we can choose to get up and go, to continue to engage with our purpose, to continue to see where God is at work and get on board with what he's doing. And so I want to encourage you this morning, this week, to take a fresh step towards mission. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the gospel. God, we thank you that you saved us when we were at our worst. And even, God, as we fail and, and as we try to, to do the things you've commanded, God, we thank you that you give us grace time and again. And, God, we pray this morning that as we think about this and as we're challenged by this, God, that you would give us the faith to take a fresh step towards those that don't know you, to reach them with the gospel in a new way, in an innovative way. Help us to get on board with what you're doing. Help us to see where you're at work. And God, we thank you that your heart for those that don't know you is much bigger than ours could ever be. Help us to have that heart. Help us to see what you see. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining us here this morning at Church Online. And if you are watching this live on Sunday morning, I want to encourage you to jump into the Zoom after party. We're just about to start. And there'll be a link in the comments. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks.